Welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host of the WSN podcast. It's been a few weeks since we joined you for the podcast, a little bit of a summer break there. Um, a lot of off the field, off the court type of news, but uh, still a lot of things we're waiting on. So uh, today on the podcast, though, we, we've got a few things that we're going to hit on. First of all, going to bring, uh, you know, bring up to date on, on the most uh, recent news that we have, most recent information that we have in terms of restarting high school sports, getting fall sports going. Spoiler alert, nothing new to report from what uh, the, the Board of Control decided uh, a week or uh, two ago here. So um, nothing new to report, but maybe some some things that have happened that you know, may, may, may change things uh, coming up here soon. We'll also uh, do a little bit of a breakdown on our football player rankings, the uh, class of 2021 player rankings that were released. Talk a little bit about those, some of the top players, some of the things uh, you know that, that went into putting that uh, those rankings together. And then Norbert Durst will join us, our girls basketball writer at WSN, and we'll talk about a, uh, a big commitment that the Wisconsin Badgers women's basketball program got last night when Maddie Wilkie from Beaver Dam committed to Wisconsin, break down her game, her uh, her decision, and the impact that it has not only uh, on her commitment and her recruitment, but also the University of Wisconsin program and uh, you know their their in-state recruiting efforts. So uh, jam-packed show, a few things that we're going to touch on. But uh, again, first of all, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about kind of the uh, you know breakdown of where things are right now. Um, you know, it was it was a couple weeks ago that the Board of Control uh, voted to uh, delay the start of the fall sports season. Sports that they deemed lower risk, sports like cross country, tennis, golf, uh, can start August seventeenth for practices, and then competitions to follow. Um, the higher risk sports of volleyball, boys soccer, and football were delayed. Uh, discussion around that, that, uh, you know, do you start September 1, which is what the Coaches Association asked for uh, in terms of practice. They voted to start September 7th. And uh, again, the rationale for that was to allow schools to uh, focus on getting open. Uh, the su- school superintendents, many of them, you know, their, their focus, understandably, is on getting schools open, first of all, getting that process done, take you know, those, those bigger, uh, higher risk sports off the table early on, let them get school open and then, uh, look at beginnings, uh, beginning sports. So, uh, September 7th, which is actually Labor Day, um, that week would be the first week of practices for football, volleyball, and boys soccer. Um, a little bit of discussion has followed since then, what that means for, the calendars for the schedules for postseason, and uh, you know there's still some things to be determined with that. Um, you know the the end of the seasons is still the same, the end date. Uh, so it's it's going to be a little bit of a mad rush. You're, there's going to be less contests certainly in in a sport like volleyball. I, I don't think you're going to see any of those large jamboree type tournaments where you'll have ten. There are more teams, uh, you know, multiple teams come into one location on a Saturday and play. I think you're going to see smaller competitions. You're going to see, uh, you know, more duels, more tries, um, and not necessarily those big, uh, big jamboree events that, that we often see. Um, in football, 
the original calendar that they showed at that last WIAA meeting uh, was for six weeks of a regular season, followed by three weeks of some kind of postseason. And again, to, for every sport, we don't know what the postseason will look like yet. Uh, it, it might be hard to get, you know, everybody all uh, in volleyball. I, I, I can't remember how many teams it is. If it's 20 teams in volleyball that, that make it to the state tournament in one location at the, the Rush Center, that might be a tough sell. Uh, so, and even in football, you know, teams tra- traveling across the state for playoff competition or traveling outside their area might be a tough sell. So, you know, a traditional bracketed tournament structure is not off the table completely, but it could change. It could be more of a regional competition. It could be many regional tournaments uh, would be the the culminating event is the, the, the phrase that they are using. Um, the, the culminating event may look different. Instead of a traditional state championship, again, it could be a more regionalized, localized competition in football. It could be it could be a couple of extra games, you know, against a local team. It could be a, you know, a matchup between conference champions. There's, there's, there's different ways that that uh, end of season could look. But again, in football, originally it called for six weeks of re- uh, regular season, three weeks of some kind of postseason opportunity. Uh, discussion among the football coaches about whether, you know, six game regular season or seven game regular season was the way to go. In in many of the coaches expressed interest in, um, you know, putting the emphasis on your local schedule, on your conference schedule. And of course, this is was going to be the first year, is the first year of the large-scale statewide football-only conference realignment, where every team was going to be playing seven conference games. Uh, every conference was either seven or eight teams. And, uh, you know, there was there was a desire from the coaches, from, from a lot of the coaches to Again, put the emphasis on that conference schedule to play that full round robin. Mm-hmm. Ideally, if uh, if everybody um, you know ag- agreed to it and uh, made it work, to uh, to play that seven game schedule, and then you know the last two weeks would be postseason opportunity of some kind. Again, we don't know what that will be. Um, so the the uh, the WFCA did put together a proposal that will be presented at the August 14th Board of Control meeting that will recommend a seven-game regular season followed by a two-week postseason or culminating event uh, to be determined by the WIAA. And I don't know if we'll get that culminating event determination at that meeting or if they'll wait a little bit longer and, and see how things go before they make a decision on on how that will work. And you know, if, if you only have two weeks of postseason and if there was a bracketed playoff structure, obviously you're only looking at four teams in each division that would qualify for the playoffs. Um, so it, it would be it would be difficult. Uh, it would be a tough pill to swallow. Um, but, you know, keep in mind that. Uh, knock on wood, if we have football this year, it is very likely that not all teams, it is it is a certainty that not all teams will be playing football this fall. So, you know, there could be quite a few fewer teams um, that would be looking at doing that bracketed playoff structure. And, you know, it still could be, okay, well, we'll take the top four teams in each division, put them in a bracket and play some kind of, uh, you know, a state tournament, if you will, whereas the other teams then would have opportunities to play extra games if they choose to. So 
Again, a, a lot still to be determined on that front. This week, we did get some news from our neighbors to the west in Minnesota that they were going to be changing their fall playoffs a little bit, uh, their fall schedules. Many of the sports will stay in the fall, and, and they voted individually by sport, which was kind of interesting. Um, not a bad way to go about it, if you ask me, but um, they voted individually by sport what they were going to do. And, and most of the sports stayed in the fall, but the sports of volleyball and football will move to the spring. Uh, they are going to do essentially the Southwest plan for those sports. They're going to have four sports seasons, so they'll have a fall season with uh, you know some of those other fall sports like cross country and soccer and whatever. Um, and then basketball and hockey and wrestling in the winter. Then there will be a, a season after that for the fall sports of football and volleyball uh, that will essentially take place during the spring. I, I, I want to say it was maybe March 15th to May 15th, something like that. Uh, I think for football, they were looking at a six-week regular season, no scrimmages, and uh, I think a still to-be-determined playoff structure. And then spring sports essentially got bumped into that late spring and summer period. Um, so, you know, interesting to see what they're doing. Illinois also bumped their football season into the spring, whereas Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Michigan, uh, most states are keeping high school football, uh, even in, in the region, in the Midwest, are keeping high school football in the, uh, in the fall. So, Got some questions about what that would mean for the WIAA, whether they would consider reconsider their decision as a result of what Minnesota was, uh, has done. And I don't think it will change what they will do. I mean, um, it doesn't have any direct bearing. It might be harder to, uh, harder to do there, but uh, I don't know. Um, so that's kind of where we are. With things, uh, August 14th coming up, the WI Board of Control will meet again, and uh, I expect they'll review their previous decision. As of right now, and we're still a week and a half out, so things could change. As of right now, I don't anticipate a change from what they have already put into place. I, I think, and, and as I've said for a while, I think the big question, the bigger question is going to be how many teams play in the fall and how many pursue that spring option? You know, is it going to be 75% of teams uh, that will play in the fall? Is it going to be 50%? Is it going to be 25%? Um, you know, not sure. And then the uh, the other big question is, what will that spring option look like? We, we don't know that yet. Um, is it going to be a concurrent season where fall sports, uh, volleyball and in football and, and whatever else will run at the same time as tradi traditional spring sports in that traditional spring calendar, where you'll have schools that will have to compete for athletes uh, within their own school, depending on the program? Or will it be a, you know, a, essentially the Southwest plan that would kick spring sports into the summer and then have the, uh, the fall sports start, you know, sometime in March and go from there? Uh, challenges with that, of course. Um, so, you know, not sure where things are going to go from that perspective. And it has been interesting to see some of the schools that have, have said that they're going to move to spring sports have already, you know, kind of laid out what their calendar is going to be. And, and I, as I've said a couple times on Twitter, I'm not sure quite why they're going that route yet, because 
the WIA hasn't approved or, or given a specific plan or a specific schedule on what that spring option will look like. We don't know if it's going to be uh, you know, essentially the Southwest plan. We don't know if it's going to run seasons at the same time. We don't know what that calendar is going to be. And according to WIA bylaws, uh, you have to run your seasons in what the WIAA says. So if, if the WIAA said, okay, we're doing we're doing the Southwest plan for those schools that, that want to pursue that option, the school couldn't just say, well, now nah, we're going to do the concurrent schedule. Um, you, know, you, you have to operate within what the WIA says as a, uh, as a WIA member. Perhaps the WIA provide, grants or provides some other flexibility beyond that. I don't know. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what their, their uh, spring option looks like. The executive staff of the WIA has, uh, has been working on developing that. And uh, we'll find out more on August 14th where that's going to go. So as we get closer to fall sports, as we always do, we've been busy working on preview information and, and hot and heavy on the football side. Uh, we just started our conference previews. We are going to preview every conference in the state regardless of what happens with the fall, whether that conference or those teams move to spring or, or whatever. Just feel it's important to give those kids, those players, those coaches, those teams that acknowledgement and, and to celebrate them and what they've done to get to this point uh, for, for everybody. If teams move to the spring, we're still going to preview them this fall. Um, and then, you know, once we get to spring, we'll, we'll kind of take a look at it again and, and see if we need to do some updating based on, uh, you know, what, what schedules or conferences will look like at that time or, you know, even what, what teams will look like that, at that time. Again, if, uh, you know, we don't know if all the kids are going to come out and, and do that spring option or if some of them will have other things going on, whether it's other sports or uh, club sports or whatever for a different uh, different sport they play in that they won't be playing. So, you know, the, the spring team could look a lot different than what the anticipated fall team was going to look like. So, again, conference previews have started and will continue over the next several weeks in um, the last few weeks at, at the uh, middle and end of July, we did do our player rankings, our updated player rankings for the state of Wisconsin uh, for the top 50 seniors, as well as uh, player rankings for each position. And just, uh, you know, a few takeaways from that. It, it's been a, <coughs> excuse me, an interesting class to follow. Um, University of Wisconsin, uh, you know, very active early on, offered a uh, Pretty early, uh, both Hunter Wohler from Muskego and J.P. Benshaw from Grafton. Eventually, they did, they did offer uh, several more players. Uh, Io Adabogan from Homestead, Loyal Crawford from Eau Claire Memorial, Jackson Acker from, uh, from Verona. Got commitments from all those five top players in the state. And, you know, after that, uh, did not offer anyone a scholarship, at least at this point. Um, it's a little bit of a top-loaded class in terms of that elite talent um, you know, not as many FBS type players as we've seen in some years, but uh, really high level kids at the top. Uh, in addition to those five, you have uh, Marcus Embau from uh, Tosa East, an offensive lineman um, that uh, that recently committed to Arizona State. Hayden Nelson, a defensive lineman from Brookfield Central, he's headed to Syracuse. Uh, some good players, uh, you know, elsewhere up and down that uh, that list. Not the kind of thing you expect to see from the state of Wisconsin, but holy smokes, was the defensive back group really, really good. They were probably the best and deepest 
uh, group position group of any in the state. And I have never said that before. There's been years that we have not had a division one player at the, at the, um, in the defensive back group. And this year there was several, um, obviously Hunter Wohler at the, at the very top, but you also had Javon Bird from Milwaukee King, really, really uh, nice player that's headed to Northern Illinois. Um, just a, a strong, strong group. And as I was going over and, in in putting the rankings together, there was half a dozen kids that in most years would have been at least top 15, if not in the top 10. And I just couldn't find room for him. Just such a, a, a really strong group of kids. Uh, Clayton Bishop from Kenosha Indian Trail, Devontae Parker from Menominee, CJ Boyd from University School, who has a couple D1 offers, Owen Arnett from Arrowhead, uh, Alec Exner, uh, Oxner from Catholic Memorial. He's headed to, uh, or just got a scholarship offer, excuse me, from North Dakota State. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, seven, eight, kids that are that have d1 uh type offers in that class uh just from the defensive back group which is completely unheard of in the state of wisconsin where you know everybody thinks offensive linemen first and foremost um you know the the uh, the position groups were a little different this year again defensive back very very strong offensive line pretty decent um you know linebacker class not quite where it has been in the past defensive linemen were, were solid uh, running back group, pretty good. You had uh, Loyal Crawford, Jackson Aker in there. Um, so a, a, you know, always a, a fun process to put those player rankings together. Uh, watched a lot of film, talked to a lot of coaches at the high school and college level over you know the past number of months uh, working on that project. So uh, always good to, to get it out of the way as well, though. It's, it's a lot of work that goes into it when you're talking about a top 15 at eight or nine different positions and a top 50 overall. Um, but fun, uh, fun to recognize the kids and, uh, you know, put everything together. So uh, football player rankings done, football conference previews beginning on tap, and that'll be the next focus here uh, in addition to finding out what, what all's going on um, in the next few weeks at WSN. As we prep for the high school football season and fall sports seasons to get underway, hopefully in, in some fashion as we've been talking about, uh, big news last night coming from the girls basketball scene in the state of Wisconsin, and uh, we'll bring in our girls basketball writer Norbert Durst to break it all down. Norb, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's a, definitely an exciting day for uh, Wisconsin uh, women's basketball. You know, there's been a lot of maybe negative attention, but uh, glad to be on to talk about uh, positives. Absolutely, and and we've been talking about um, the the women's basketball program at Wisconsin, and you know how. Uh, it would be great to see some of the, the top players in the state uh, head to uh, the Badgers. And boy, we got a big one. Uh, last night, Beaver Dam's Maddie Wilkie, one of the top ranked players in the state, uh, certainly uh, one of the, the better players to come out of the state the last few years, gives a verbal commitment to Jonathan Sippis and, and the Badgers. Um, break it down for us. You know, what, uh, what went into this recruitment? What went into Wilkie's decision to head to Wisconsin? You know, it's it's been a, a long recruitment for for Maddie. You know, even though she's um, you know not even started her senior year yet, but you know her recruitment started when she was pretty young. She wasn't even uh, an eighth grader when it started. And you know, Wisconsin uh, from from day one they were in on Maddie Wilkie, and they've worked really hard. Uh, obviously, uh, Coach Sippis, but also his assistants have worked very hard in that process. And you know that there's a lot of uh, good programs that. Uh, 
Uh, we're talking with Maddie, you know, um, you know, even if uh, those some of those programs like a Notre Dame didn't offer her, they were definitely in, um, you know, making sure to uh, do their due diligence on her because she is one of those outstanding players, as you have mentioned, you know, a lot of those Big Ten schools, as you ex would expect um, to be in pretty, pretty deep on uh, Maddie Wilkie. But, you know, I think uh, part of that process, you know, she gets to stay close to home, um, you know, and still play at a high level. Uh, you know, she has a younger sister that's going to be a freshman, um, you know, so I think, you know, staying home may um, have a little bit of a, a part with that. You know, obviously, you know, her family's able to come watch. It's only, you know, what about an, an hour drive from Beaver Dam um, to uh, um, the campus at Wisconsin. So it's really uh, a nice little short trip, but also be able to be with a good program. You know, they already have some some really good kids in that on the Wisconsin team. Um, I think Sid Hilliard is really the starter, and that's I think a big part of of uh, why Maddie committed to Wisconsin because you know they have the the good players. Obviously, staying home is important uh, maybe to her, but you also have to be around players that you like. And I know Sid Hilliard is a player that I don't know anyone that doesn't like her. So I think that's really helped um, get Wilkie on campus. So. We, we, again, we've talked about this uh, several times on the podcast and in different venues and areas, but uh, you know some of the struggles of Wisconsin to get those elite top-level kids um, over the years. So many talented players that have gone elsewhere, uh, whether it's uh, Sidney Moshkow initially, um, you know, Enrique Ogunbowale, Megan Gustafson, the, the, the list is quite long over the last 10-plus years. Mm -hmm. um, as you look at Wilkie's commitment... When is the last time that Wisconsin got a player in state of of her caliber? Uh, do you go back to Nicole Bauman? Is it somebody different, more recent, farther in the past? Where where do you look at that? You know that's that's a very good question, and it probably goes back to Nicole Bauman. Um, I would probably guess as far as you know the her being a Miss Basketball in the state. You know, there's there's been some other kids maybe that uh, um, as you mentioned they missed out on as well, but. Uh, um, but as far as getting, uh, probably would be Nicole Bauman as far as all the hype that's been around uh, Maddie Wilkie. And that's deserved hype, of course. Um, so it's been a long time that Wisconsin's got one of the kids that everyone else has wanted. We're talking with Norbert Durst, breaking down the commitment of Beaver Dam uh, to be senior guard Maddie Wilkie to the University of Wisconsin. Um, you know, at, at different times we've talked about how we thought maybe there could be a little bit of a uh, an opening of the floodgates, if you will. Once Wisconsin got you know one or two of those really top level kids from the state, that it, it could open the door for for more to follow. And you mentioned Sidney Hilliard coming in last year, Wilkie coming in uh, as a twenty uh, twenty one class uh, player. Mm -hmm. um, you know who who could be next? Who are some of the players down the road in the next couple years that? Um, you know, could be in line to either get a Wisconsin offer or has a Wisconsin offer and then join the Badgers. You know, I think uh, Kamara Arnold from uh, Germantown, she's she's a big target. Again, she's uh, probably even, especially at a young age, a bigger target than even uh, Maddie Wilkie was at a young age. Uh, uh, probably with when you're talking Kamara Arnold, you're talking more in the Arike Agumbawale range, I know it's tough to compare kids, but as far as the attention she's getting at such a young age, uh, it's a little more comparable that way. So if you're looking down the road, you know, again, to keep those 
keep those players coming in because you also, you know, you want to get those top level kids in Wisconsin, but getting those top level kids in Wisconsin also helps get kids from other states, you know, some of those national kids and Maddie Wilkie playing on uh, North Tartan, you know, she's good friends with a lot of those kids. And, and it's kind of the same similar thing with, with uh, Sid Hilliard when she committed. Uh, kids want to play with her. Same thing with, with Maddie Wilkie. Um, so, you know, that's going to help that process. And, you know, there's there's some kids down the road, but it's uh, definitely with Kamara Arnold. Um, that That's, I would say, the, the big target now. Um, there are some other kids, you know, that maybe could go in and play a little bit more of uh, um, – a uh, um, not not a starring role at Wisconsin, but come in and, and be a nice player. You know, like uh, uh, kids like Tara Stoffaker that um, was a freshman on the team last year. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of those kids. But if you're going to really target, it's really that Kamara Arnold and then um, kind of fit the puzzle with other kids that you need here and there. But, you know, they're really looking like a, a team that can get some of those high level kids. Again, not just those those big Wisconsin kids, but those kids um, from other programs across the nation as well, because that's what you really need to not to just start building as they are, but to start winning in the Big Ten level and then, uh, you know, in those non-conferences as well. So Maddie Wilkie off the board, the top ranked player in your 2021 rankings. Uh, most of the other top kids have already committed. Who are some of the other uh, top uncommitted players in that 2021 class? Kind of looking over your your rankings, looks like Chloe Dallas would Chloe be up Dallas there. Laura the Nickel, for sure. Uh, who, who else would be on the board? That's you know a Division One type player uncommitted right now. You know, most of those those division those uh, um, high high level kids are committed as you as you know already. But uh, Sarah Lazar from Edgewood is a kid um, that really. Uh, skyrocketed her recruitment just at the start of the the summer here and you know she's one of those top level kids that that is uncommitted um also Laura Nickel who uh, got a couple late uh, division 1 offers um Western Illinois and IUPUI so while most of them are off the board uh, there are still a couple of those uh those players that you know maybe got started with those division 1 offers a little bit later or maybe are just kind of waiting a little bit but those you know as far as the 2021 class goes there's not those, those top-level kids are pretty much all off the board. So, Maddie Wilkie to Wisconsin, joining a, a, a pretty solid group that, that they have there. Um, looking at it this year at, at the University of Wisconsin and, and Coach Sippis' program, we've we've kind of been waiting for them to to turn the corner a little bit on the court in terms of success and, and position in the standings. Um, I I don't know the, the roster as well as, as you probably do, but... You know, is this a year that they could make that kind of a, a turning of the corner and in, in getting the program, you know, into a, a competitive, you know, upper half type program in the Big Ten? I, I certainly think they do. Again, you know, this is this will be year two for uh, for Sid Hilliard. And, you know, it's a lot of it goes with your point guard. Guard plays, you know, so important in basketball. And, you know, her being a, another uh, another year older, a little more experience, um, you know, in, you know, bringing in uh, Stella Moscow for a grad grad student uh, her final year. Um, that's certainly going to help. You know, again, it's a lot of times it's not so much what the stats are going to go, but, you know, just the energy and things like that, that um, some of those kids are going to bring. And, you know, Wisconsin, the, the Badgers are going to have eight kids on the roster um, in the for this next season from Wisconsin and four of those on scholarship. And that'll, you know, there'll be four more uh, again the next year when, when Maddie Wilkie comes in, um, so you know there's those those 
that Wisconsin tough. And I think some of those, some of those kids and, and they're just, they're winners. So they're just going to bring that winning attitude. And, you know, as they get older, um, I think that that's going to really translate into those wins and hopefully Wisconsin can see those wins this upcoming season. Absolutely. We'd, we'd love nothing more to see that program get off the ground. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've talked with coach Sippus and I, I know you talk with him, uh, certainly more than I do, but, um, you, you like what he's doing. You like the, uh, the direction things are going and you hope it pays off, uh, on the court in success that, uh, he can, uh, get things going and have a nice long career here at the university of Wisconsin. Norb, certainly appreciate you joining us, breaking it all down. Uh, big news in the girls' basketball scene and the women's basketball uh, scene in the state, and uh, great to see. So appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. So there you go. A lot to cover today. Got uh, got to a lot of things and still a lot of things that we're going to be hitting on in the next uh, next few weeks, obviously. Next week we'll hopefully um, you know have a little bit more clarity on what that August 14th WIAA Board of Control meeting could look like. Once we do, we'll try to get some uh, some guests on to, to break it down and talk a little uh, talk a little bit more about it. So uh, we're getting closer, inching, inching, inching closer to the return of high school sports, which is going to be a uh, a real real great thing to get back to. This has been a WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. When we do get back to live sports, we'll see you at a game. <laughs>